Welcome to The Mystic Show, episode 140. everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran. I'm happy you're here. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and a lot of things unseen and otherworldly. And of course, the purpose of this show is for you and I to have this valuable conversation about these topics, which are the most important topics in our lives. But unfortunately, we don't always give them the time and attention they deserve. You know, we get caught up living our mundane life, earning money and, and things, which is also good. Uh, we release new episodes every Friday morning, and you can hear the show as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, and of course, our website, themysticshow.net. Yep, all of our previous episodes are up there, themysticshow.net. You can also sign up for our email list our email list, and get a really cool piece of audio, 49 minutes worth of audio, four tracks of, I called it Relax with Rumi, because I read selected Rumi quotes over relaxing music, and it's pretty cool. So if you want to just join our behind-the-scenes email list, you'll get that audio free. And a uh, quick shout out to our sponsor, Pause Your Life. Yeah, if you want to hit the pause button on your life and just check out for a, a, a day or a weekend, uh, Pause Your Life offers meetups and retreats uh, to help people get that little bit of time for themselves and just to be themselves without all the expectation and all the craziness of everyday life. Pause Your Life. Uh, pauseyourlife.org is the website. So today, we have a wonderful guest who I have ready to join the show. Her name is Jennifer Diamond. She's the author of Waking Up Psychic. And we're going to hear her story and we're going to talk to her about it. It's, it's um, intriguing. I wanted to say amazing, but we say amazing too much, right? It's almost unbelievable, her story. So this is going to be great. She has a new book coming out soon, which is called Top 50 Psychics. Um, which we're all psyched for. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> and her website is psychicsuniverse.com. That's psychics, plural. Psychicsuniverse.com. And I'll have the, um, I'll have the link to her website on the, on the show post here on the mysticshow.net. So without further ado, Jennifer Diamond, welcome to the Mystic Show. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. Right? This is, I'm, I'm happy to finally have you on our show. And I want to start with your story. I mean, your book, Waking Up Psychic, is, is really about your story and what, and, and what happened to you. And, and since then, um, how your life has kind of changed because of that. So, so tell us your story. The, the incident that 
started all this happened a while ago, right? It did. It happened in 1986. I was living in Buffalo, New York at the time, and it was Memorial Weekend was coming up, and my boyfriend then at the time, uh, him and I decided to take a little vacation weekend to South Florida, and we left, uh, I believe it was the day before Memorial Day, actually. And so we got into Florida on a Sunday, and we were there only a half a day. The next day was Memorial Day. And unfortunately, that is all I remember of the trip. The following day, uh, we were involved in a car accident, and I woke up in the hospital a day later, uh, a little bit, because over the next few days i every time i woke up i came through a little bit more and more each time but um so it was really the first day we were in uh, in florida was when this car accident happened and um yes it definitely changed my life because i woke up and had lost my memory but had what i would say is psychic ability i was able to for one, see people that had passed on in my hospital room, but the my first my first um, inclination that things were different was that I was able to hear the thoughts and the emotions and feelings of the nurse that was in my room. But I had been speaking to her as if we had already met, which was a little bit odd, a little bit odd for me, but really odd for her since I was not awake for the previous 20 hours give or take and um so by calling her by her first name was was a little bit odd and that was that was the beginning of a new chapter in my life so to speak hmm so you the nurse was like tending to you for the whole 20 hours and you did not speak at all but somehow you could you you knew a lot about her or something or you knew her thoughts yeah so I'll take you back to the the morning of the the morning of Memorial Day. We got up, went to go lay by the pool. We're laying by the pool. My boyfriend was swimming in the pool. I was laying next to the pool in a lawn chair, and I was looking at him talking to him. And the next thing I remember was being engulfed in a bright white light, communicating with a higher source that I I know was God. And so literally, my time frame went from laying by the pool to all of a sudden communicating with this higher source. And that was what um, had happened to me for the next hours. I, I, I can't give you an exact time frame, but the communication that went on back and forth between us was telepathically. There was no word spoken. It was from mind to mind. And he was describing to me, you know, showing me on a screen, first of all, what the previous 21 years of my life looked like and what I had been through. And then it was as if he was priming me for what the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, give or take, was going to be and showing me um, how things were with, you know, the communication that you have back and forth with, with other human beings and how you're how how our actions the biggest thing i learned from this was how our actions affect other people and so i was involved in this interaction with him like i said for hours but 
when I woke up in the hospital, one of the things during that communication, I was able to turn around and view myself laying in the hospital bed as if I was looking down from the ceiling. So I was able to view myself there and I was able to see the doctors and nurses coming in and you know, checking my vital signs and everything. Um, so that was one thing that I was able to see over the previous hours, that along with what it's like when we go to the other side. And so um, in waking up the next day in the, in, in the room when that nurse came in, her name was Becky, um, being able to call her by her first name was a little bit odd to her since I hadn't been awake. So uh, that was that was a little bit odd to say mm. to say the least. It was a little bit odd for me, and it was a little bit odd for her. But within the next few minutes after that, um, I had the doctor in my room, and he was checking my vital signs and you know, asking me a series of questions. And it was really to gauge my memory, which we quickly learned I had lost a, a quite a large portion of my memory, like the previous seven, eight years. Um, so when I woke up in the hospital, I thought it was seven, eight years earlier. Mm. But I was able to tell them everything that happened during the, the time I was brought in, in, in the ambulance from... I guess it was around five o'clock the day before. Mm. Wow. So I have so many questions. This is nutty. So the, the accident happened at around 5 p.m. And did you, do you remember the accident itself? I don't remember the accident at all. The, the last thing I remember was laying by the pool, which was apparently around 12 o'clock and from what the hotel desk said we left around two to get directions to a mall and so between the hours of i mean for me the last thing i remember was laying by the pool which was about 12 so from 12 o'clock through five o'clock which was the time of the accident i have no recollection or memory of any of that the last thing i remember was the pool and then all of a sudden waking up which was the next, it was about 20 hours later. So it was the next day in the afternoon. And I, when I did wake up, it was only, it was only briefly, it was only for a short time. Um, and then, and then I had gone, fallen back to sleep or gone back to sleep because I was mm. on uh, quite a bit of morphine at the time. Okay. So now did you, did you technically die in this in this accident I, I was not i did not flatline i was i was my heart did not stop i was just in a coma for the hours after the accident but the interesting thing also was is that during the time because it took them almost two hours to cut us out of the car from the accident and apparently during the time that they were cutting us out of the car i was communicating a little bit back and forth with the paramedics, but I don't have any memory of that at all. Mm. Never came back. Okay. So you, so you, now what did, when you called the nurse by her name, Becky, that's a, you say that surprised you. Did you, when did you start to realize that you had some other psychic powers that you didn't have before? 
that first time that I woke up that I just said her name, I was not awake long, maybe less than 10 minutes. So that was the first time that I had woke up. I did think it was a little odd, but I thought it was more odd because of her reaction. Because as far as it went for me, I had already been communicating back and forth with her when I was watching her come and go out of my room as well as the doctor. So the next time that I woke up, which was about a about a day, the following day after that, so that would have been probably Wednesday, um, then things seemed a little bit odd because I started to see more and more people that had passed on from the other side that were in my room as well as the doctors and nurses because that that time, the next time I woke up, there was interns in my room with the doctor. And I was able, even though they weren't all speaking to each other, the interns were standing there quietly. I was still able to pick up on their thoughts and the questions that were going through their head. So that was a little bit odd to me. It was confusing and it was odd. And I was trying to make sense of it. But not only that, it was as if I was trying to make a transition back into my body if that makes any sense it was trying to trying to figure out where i was and where i where i came from and where i was just at now waking up in the hospital because you know having the conver- having these conversations with a higher source for so many hours i was in a completely different state so once i woke up in my hospital room it was it was as if i was trying to make a transition back into my body. And I could, as I looked down at myself, as I looked down and saw myself laying there in the hospital bed, I could see, it was as if I had double vision, as if I could see kind of part of my body hovering over my actual body. So trying to make sense of all this was, it was a little bit confusing. Hmm. Did you relay any of this to your doctors at all at no. the time? No. No, okay. I did not did not say a word of it. Okay. So now you were in communication with the higher source as you call it or God. When that communication started when you were sitting by the pool at noon the day before, right? When I had the communicate when I had the near death what I would call a near death experience when I communicated with the higher source didn't actually happen from what I could tell about the time frame, didn't actually happen until that night. Okay. After the actual accident, after I was brought into the hospital. Okay. And so describe that. I mean, was it just like, I mean, yeah, describe that communication. So for me, it was actually the first time in my life that I actually felt at peace where you don't have any of the fears or phobias, anxiety. You have none of that that feeling. All you feel is complete ecstasy and completely at peace with yourself. And as I turned around, when we were having this exchange, I don't even even call it a conversation back and forth because it wasn't words spoken. It was actually a continual flow of information from mind to mind telepathically. And as this was going on, I was looking around at at everything that I was surrounded by, which was rolling hills and, and beautiful, just the beauty of outside 
whether it be flowers, trees, birds, the the sky, everything was so vibrant in color and and so beautiful as I turned around to take it all in when I looked behind me, that was when I saw myself laying in this hospital bed. And that view and and seeing myself laying there was what kind of brought these um, feelings associated with that body, what, what we all feel, whether it be fear, anxiety, happy, sad, but you're attached to some sort of feeling. Mine was a sense of a sense of anxiety or fear started to well up. And that was when this source told me that um, the only thing that on the other side of your fear is your happiness. And so the conversation was kind of went from there. And and he just told me that the more that you serve other people and the more that you do for other people, the more the more that comes back to you in life, so to speak. Mm. So, you know, basically, the more you, the more you can love other people and put out in this world, the more happiness you'll have in return. But to hear that is, you know, to hear that is one thing, but to actually experience it is a whole nother. So it wouldn't have been until years later that I actually got to really understand all that communication that took place for me with him back in 1989. It was over the next 10, 20, 26 years now that I actually got to live that and understand it and um, really know what that meant. Because at the time, I really didn't understand it. Okay. You mentioned um, on the other side, your fear is your happiness. Well, no, no, not that my fear was my happiness. When when I was surrounded in this environment, as I call it, when I was communicating with God, and the feeling that you have, you don't, you don't have. There's nothing negative. You, you have no negative emotions. Everything is pure, unconditional bliss, and it's it's really hard to put it into words. But to understand that, it's just such an overwhelming overwhelming feeling of happiness that when I did view myself laying in that ha- that hospital bed, it did bring on a sense of fear that I didn't want to go back to that. I and see. I, and I do understand, I do understand why sometimes you hear people talk about, cause I have spoke to other people over the years that I never told them about what had happened to me but people that had discussed about a near-death experience or how they just didn't want to go back. They didn't want to come back. They wanted to stay where they were at, but they understood it wasn't their time. I totally understood it because where we get to go from here is there's not one negative or discomforting feeling about being on the other side. So when, for me, when I was able to take a look at myself laying there i you know i did associate fear and anxiety with it as if i didn't want to go back to it but i was also made understood um and it was made clear to me that it wasn't my time that i did have to go back and there was more that i had to accomplish here and you know at the time i was 21 years old so it was the whole the whole um 
experience for me was very confusing, not not just a, a day or a week after, but it was a little bit confusing for me weeks after because once I did, you know, get out of the hospital and started to heal from my injuries and stuff, it was it it was a transition for me to make in understanding how to deal with these abilities that I had, which were picking up on other people's emotions and 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 as well as seeing people that have passed on um it was quite a transition for mm. me wow yeah so i want to talk about that but real quick you keep mentioning the higher source you keep saying he uh is that intentional it's intentional because for me it it was the voice even though it was a, a calm and um it authoritative voice it was a male it was a male voice to me it was it was calming and um showed extreme i i just had feelings of such love when i was engaging in this interaction and the vibrations that i got back was of a male figure not of a female figure i see Let's see. So are we ready to leave the hospital yet? Um, so you've had these communications. You're picking up on things. Okay, so let's, you start to, you, you leave the hospital and you start healing. Uh, let, let's talk about that. How, what was it like going back into the normal everyday world with these abilities? Well, um, one of the most disheartening things about this this accident was that my boyfriend at the time unfortunately didn't make it in the accident he mm -hmm. actually um had passed away so i was in the hospital for 12 days he was in the the 12th day he was in there was when um they ended up turning the machines off so i had that to deal with as well as um kind of listening to constant chatter so as you and i talk here you know it's very quiet you ask a question and i and i answer the i answer back and it's it's a continual flow but for me immediately waking up and each time i woke up more and more in the hospital for me it was very loud because anybody that was around even if there was somebody out in the hall i was able to hear the thoughts and emotions of everybody around so that was that was hard for me to deal with but going into my boyfriend's room and seeing him in the time that i was in the hospital with him i was able to communicate with him telepathically as well and he was he was on life support so he was not able to communicate back at all mm. so that that was my first um along with knowing the nurse's name and telling her what i knew had gone on while i was first brought into the hospital that was you know that was uh that was something a little bit different but then once the first time i got to go and see my boyfriend and was able to also telepathically communicate with him um, that was when I realized things in my life were very different, <laughs> to put it mildly. Mm. And, um, and so 
in leaving the hospital after that i you know in dealing with the loss of him as well as um kind of being able to communicate with people on a different level now um i kind of reverted back a little bit um mm. so, became a little bit oh sorry mm-hmm. um before we leave the topic of your boyfriend when you were communicating with him telepathically what was that communication about so because that's a whole other story in itself but i believe now and looking back you know hindsight's twenty twenty. but leading up to this accident i believe that he knew his time was coming because one of the and i write about this in my book one of the last things he said when we were leaving buffalo on our way to the airport was that he leaned out the car window and said to his mother Um, Bye, Mom. I love you. I'm never coming back. And so it stuck with me after I thought about this weeks and years later after the accident that probably subconsciously he knew that this was his time and it was his time to go. The night before our accident, he said to me, I love you and I just want you to know I'll always be watching over you. And so that kind of scared me a little bit. So after I woke up in the hospital and I was in his room the first time I got to go see him and he was in a coma, he was on life support. Once we were able to, as soon as I held his hand, we were able to have this communication back and forth telepathically. He brought it up again and and said the same thing to me, except we were communicating in a different way than we had communicated, obviously, previous to this this accident he said the same thing and kind of let me know that the time we spent together um how much he enjoyed it and it was just a for me it was a very hard conversation and i chose at that that time to just play it off as it was just my mind my imagination was getting the best of me but as the days went on i realized after he did pass that it most likely he he knew that this was his time as as odd as that sounds but there was a lot of things leading up to the accident too that made me realize he he knew but being able to communicate there was a there was a lot of other things he said to me when I was sitting with him in his hospital room personal things that he said that I didn't know but I was able to verify after the fact so okay um did you know where he was at that time did he mention if he was outside of his body or any anything like that he he was right there um it's interesting that you asked that because i did ask him telepathically i didn't have any words come out of my mouth but like i said a continual flow of Um, conversation back between our minds, I did say to him, if you can hear me, if you're here with me, try to open your eyes and, and, or squeeze my hand, give me some, some idea that you can understand me. And he started to squeeze my hand and his eyes started to flutter. And the machines that he was hooked up to, it was a real slow heartbeat. And as soon as I had said that to him, all of a sudden the machines went crazy, you know, the nurses ran in the room, and it was really the first glimmer of hope that, because his parents were in the room with me as well at this time, um, gave us hope that maybe he was coming out of it, but that 
unfortunately wasn't the case, but a couple more instances like that happened where I was able to, you know, communicate with him telepathically to squeeze my hand and he would clearly squeeze my hand. So, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, so what happened in the hospital with him and what happened with the nurse, um, and also a couple, a couple people walking into my room as far as like the paramedic came to visit me that was there, um, one of the people that was cutting us out of the car, getting us out, because the car was really, there was close to nothing left of the car. Um, the same thing happened when he visited my room. I was able to hear his thoughts and kind of pick up on what he was feeling and what was going through his mind. So these these um, instances that happened in the hospital kind of laid the groundwork for everything that I experienced after that once I got home. Hmm. So you mentioned in the hospital when it after the accident happened, you could pick up on everyone's thoughts and it was very noisy. But then you started to say before I interrupted you that when you went got out of the hospital and started back into normal life, you sort of reverted back to your to to a more uh earthly type of way of living? I tried. <laughs> yeah. I tried a little bit, but I was um you know, I became and and people that know me or knew me back then would say, Oh, that's crazy but I really became an introvert more so than I think I ever was, even though my personality might not always seem that way. I really am a very quiet person and this was this was a hard transition for me to make. So I became very quiet. Um along with other issues like sleep was a was a big issue for me after the accident. I went from having major sleep issues right after the accident. I went from sleeping about, you know, 22, 23 hours a day to um, within like two months, sleeping about two hours a night, two to three hours a night. And it pretty much was like that for the next 20, 20 plus years. But, um, wow. Why did you sleep so little? When you, you know, it was, this was back in 1989. So there was no, you know, internet or, or Google or any of that stuff where I was able to really reach out for help or kind of know where to turn with this. Um, I really thought that I was going crazy because when you're hearing voices all the time, you don't know what to make of it. Cause like I said, I went from a seemingly normal life and lifestyle to getting in an accident, waking up in the hospital, and then all of a sudden I hear voices and I'm able to see people that have passed on. And so going home after my accident and mourning the loss of my boyfriend, and then on top of it, constantly hearing chatter uh, was, you know, it it really took me back. And so I, I just became um, a much more quiet person um, learned how to do my own meditation and quiet the voices in my head and try to try to understand what was my mind getting the best of me and what was people trying to come through on the other side and give me messages. And that was, you know, it was a, it was a learning experience to say the least. Mm. So you weren't afraid to sleep or anything like that? Um, I, I, I wasn't 
afraid to sleep. Um, I actually welcomed it, but it was really hard for me to um, quiet, kind of quiet my mind down. It was a, it was very difficult for me for a long time. Oh, I see. Have those abilities uh, persisted until today? Like right now, you can you can you can hear voices and you can see those who have passed on. Yes, I can. Yeah, it's um over over the years. Um, there was only a short period of time um, that I that I kind of put. I like to say I kind of put that on mute, but it was because I just wasn't. I was in a kind of a challenging time in my life. I and I do talk about it a little bit in my book, but for the most part, over the years, I learned how to kind of turn it on and off, so to speak. But then as time went on, when you fast forward ahead to 2007, I got pregnant and had my first daughter. But during the time that I was pregnant, the psychic abilities that I had been used to all those years, all of a sudden were magnified. So during my pregnancy, everything became stronger and people came through stronger and I was able to pick up on things a lot easier. And and so since then, um, that has been um, my life <laughs> in the last eight years. It's, it's um, you know, I can pick up on things and can see people that have passed on. A lot of times I'll um, be with somebody that they have a loved one that wants to pass a message to them. Um, stuff like that comes through to me pretty much every day. Hmm. Do you receive messages and, and actually give messages to people or do you just sort of see the people who passed on and then just leave it alone? Um, it kind of depends. For the most part, no. For the most part, I I chose kind of early on that for me personally, I did not want to do readings for people as a as a, a career or or make that uh, a daily part of my life because it is for me anyways it it can be it can be very exhausting if um, you spend your day doing readings and that's just for me I mean everybody's different. But the biggest thing I had that I learned right away, I mean, instantly after getting out of the hospital, is that um, one is that you can't, I cannot pick and choose the information that comes to me. So if you want to know a question about, you know, is my, is my girlfriend going to come back to me? That might not be the information I'm getting. I might get something like you're getting a new job and you're going to be moving to a different state. And so for me, it was a little bit difficult when people would ask me questions if they if they knew that I had this ability. They'd ask me. It's always it's it's usually it's usually love related or money related. But um, it was always the questions with with the loved ones that I I had and had a hard time conveying. So I just chose early on that I did not want to um, to do readings. But I do if. If somebody's coming through very strongly, then I will say something um, to the person. You know, like r right now, I have a girlfriend of mine that's going through a little bit of a hard time because her father is in the 
late stages of dementia. And, and I know it's been very hard for her. So I was with her a few weeks ago and her father's, I, I guess it was her mother, I could only describe to her what the person looked like that was trying to come through. And I, and I gave her the messages that were coming through to me. And you know, it was, it was hard for her to hear but she was glad that I told her and, you know, she wants to know, you know, in, in the last few weeks, she's like, any other messages you see, please tell me. But it's hard for me when I, when I see people get upset, even if it's, even though, even if they're happy, sometimes they're happy, sometimes they're not. Um, it's hard for me to, it's uncomfortable for me to want to be in the position of relaying the messages. And that's only for me. That's why I really so much appreciate um, the men and women that do do this as a career and do choose this line of work because it's not always easy to do. Right. So over the years, um, have you, obviously for yourself, you've probably been helped by these abilities. Like for instance, if you're on a road trip and you stop inside a small motel, you can you you get the feeling if the guy at the desk or if the place is good kind of thing like should we stop here or not do you get all that subtle information you're able to read people better and do you use that yes uh absolutely i do i do use that the reason i chuckle a little bit is because um because it was a goofy question (laughs) no 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 i laugh because yes it, it comes in very handy when you're using it um in situations like that Unfortunately, there's something called free will. And when free will kicks in, you know, it could be in the case of if you're in a relationship and you know that the relationship's not the correct one and that you should be moving on, but you choose not to because we all have free will and and we're able to choose to kind of change the path that we're on. Um, that's where sometimes I go against what I know. And, and that, and a lot of us have that. I mean, it's intuition. Everybody has that gut feeling and that intuition. I just think the difference probably between mine and people that are psychic or mediums is that theirs is just a little, you know, it's stronger or they've learned to, they've learned to hone in on their, their gifts and abilities a bit more. But um, yes, I have, I have been able to use it to my advantage over the years to help me mm. make my life a little bit easier at times. Right. So turning towards um, a spiritual journey for you know an individual spiritual journey, which all you know the person listening to this show, or or the millions of people listening to the show, um, you know we're all on our personal journey. And you mentioned before that um, the higher source told you that we're here to help and to show love, and that's why we'll get more back. You know, a lot of people living on Earth, they want to become better people, and they want to become more spiritual, and they want to get more in touch with the divinity inside them. Do you have any insight on that? I mean, obviously, you, you know, there's all kinds of religions out there. There's all kinds of spiritual practices um, what are your thoughts on people trying to, uh, you know, attain something spiritually and try to get closer to that realm? Um, is it possible or, or what's the best way? Any thoughts? It, it is the, the one thing, well, the two things I picked up and I, and were made very clear to me 
when I had this near-death experience was one, what I just said, the more, you know, the more you do for others, the more that comes back to you. But not in the way, if you're doing something for somebody else or you're giving of yourself with the expectations of getting something in return, then it, that, it doesn't work that way. Mm. It has to come from your heart and you have to give, give freely because you, that's what you want to do and, and your heart's in it. But the other thing that I picked up, and I didn't really fully understand it at the time. I mean, I felt it, but then once you're back, you know, once you're back in your body and you're living your life and, you know, we're, we're dealing with the everyday things that we deal with, the, the one thing I really understood, and I always have reminded myself over the years, is that as much as we would like to think that we're all separate human beings, we really are not. We're all interconnected and we really all do come from the same source. And I think that to really understand that makes a big difference in how we treat other people and, and how you want to help others and help humanity. And um, it, those two lessons were the biggest lessons that I learned um, because we all like to separate ourselves maybe at some point in our life, whether we're little kids or grown adults, whatever it is, we want to think because, you know, I went to a certain school or I drive a certain car, or, you know, I'm this and you're that, that we all like to think that um, somebody's better than another, but it's really not the case at all. We're all here learning at the pace that we need to learn and and I do believe that we all choose a certain path to some degree before we're born. We all choose certain lessons that we need to learn and we work towards that. And um and that's why, you know, that's why you'll see you you'll see you can see five people that are the same age. You can take five thirty year olds and line them up and one of them will act like they're the person will act like they're 30 years old, one will act like they're 20, one will act like they're 50. You'll see a fluctuation in the maturity level, and that's because some of them, as it, you've heard maybe that phrase, oh, that person's an old soul, it's because they're, this could be their, their last time in this on this planet, and they've learned what they need to learn before they can go on to another place. But um, there's always learning that can be done I've, I've felt as much as I experienced in that short period of time and that communication and it's helped me over the years um, kind of exceed in certain areas um, you have to you know live it you have to live it to understand it so to speak mm. I guess is the best way to put it right so I know you practice meditation and what what are the benefits of meditation for you personally? For me personally, has always been from day one, has been to quiet my mind down and quiet the the chatter that goes on constantly. Um, it's very important for me because sleep, for one, um, and two, picking up too much of of the contact that I get from other people, um, it's important for me to be able to kind of tune that out. So for me, I originally started out with early on when people would 
give me tips on meditation and it's all about breathing and breathe in and then breathe out. For me, what's always worked is to just kind of sit in a quiet spot and focus on my breathing. Not to breathe any particular way, but just to focus on the breathing. And over a short period of time, about a minute or so, once I'm focused on my breathing, it kind of tunes out everything else around me. And it and I'm able to kind of quiet quiet my mind down. And and then too, I do get messages that way, clear clear messages instead of, you know, for me sometimes I'll get five messages at the same time coming in. So for me I have to practice through my breathing and focus on my breathing and it's been it's been very helpful. Mm. Yeah, because meditation, um, I mean, everybody practices different types of meditation and, and they're helpful in different ways for sure. Um, so your new book is going to be called Top 50 Psychics. Um, Top tell 50 me, Psychics. Yeah, yes. tell me about that real quick. Well, that was that was really my whole purpose in writing was because I, I get people calling me all the time or writing to me for referrals for a good psychic or medium, depending on what they want. If they want to communicate with a person that's passed on, then I would connect them with a medium. If they want to just get a reading or they want to find out about you know work or moving situation, then I'd hook them up and connect them with a psychic. And so a few years ago, within like two days, I had close to 40 people call me for referrals and I felt like I was diagnosing them like what is it for and they would tell me not not because I wanted the information just to know if I needed to refer them to a psychic or a medium and and I have many of them that kind of specialize in other areas you know they all they all kind of bring something different to the table so in those couple days I realized there's really no if you're somebody that has no access to finding out about a medium or a psychic you know there's no there's not a lot of resources out there i mean you can go on the internet and you can google it and you'll get you know a thousand a thousand pages will show up of the top psychics so that was how top 50 psychics came about i said you know what i'm going to put together um a book with some psychics and mediums that that I've used and that have come as referrals over the years. And so that's what I did. And in the beginning of the book, I thought I would write a couple pages about my, why am I writing this book? What do I know about psychic abilities? And so that was what I did. I wrote a couple pages and it turned into a book and that's that's how waking up psychic came about. But then that's why waking up psychic came out first. But my real passion was really to promote these legitimate psychics and mediums that have helped so many other people deal with whatever whatever issues they have or communication they want. Um, I wanted to be able to make that available to people all over. Um, and so that's, I'm very excited about that because all the individuals in the book all bring something completely different to the table as far as um, what a client could be looking for. So it's going to be, that's going to be a, a, an exciting book. Right. 
Yeah, and it's going to be out soon. When it's out, we'll have a link to it in the show post. Now, when you... I, another random question just came to me. When you were communicating with the higher source and, and you sort of looked back at your own body and you felt a little fear and anxiety and, and then you knew you were going to be coming back into the body... Did you get the sense if you went the other way? Like, what would have happened if you went the other way? Would you just, like, yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was made very clear to me that that wasn't even an option. It, it, it was very clear to me that not, not so much my, my age. It, it just was shown to me that there was a lot that I had to do in my life. And, and, and it was told to me that um, through through this new way of seeing things. That's what was told to me at the time that I would learn a lot of this through my new way of seeing things. And when it was told to me, I didn't fully understand it, obviously, when I was having this communication until I woke up and that was a, that was, gave me a little hint, but it wasn't until really probably the month, month outside of the hospital when I got home that I understood like, my life is different and it's always going to be different from that point on. And, um, so, so even uh, though you weren't really allowed in a sense to go that way, do you, do you know what, what, what is there when you go that way? Do you know or no? It, I, you know, I say that that is living, that is what real life is. And this, where we are here, this is really just a dream state. And I know that that sounds crazy, but this really is a dream state that one day we wake up from and we realize, you know, that this body and what we had here served its purpose to help us evolve to a higher, to a higher place and a higher understanding of, of, of life. But where we go from here is definitely, you know, you hear these words, you know, happily ever after. I mean, that really is you live eternally there is no when you when you go once we pass on there is no time time is linear we only have time here to to help us with certain benchmarks but when you're on the other side there is no time there's no you know um there's there's none of that and and for people to really understand that to make the most of your life here and do the most that you can is really is really a lesson to be learned because once you get to leave here i mean there's there's everything to look forward to on the other side and like i said it's it's there's no there's no fear anxiety pain suffering none of that it just doesn't exist there is none of that on the other side so while we're here we want to try to make the best of it and do the most that we can to help to help each other Mm. Yeah, one I really appreciate the fact that you, you know, have gotten these abilities through a terrible accident and and yet also you're you know, you're not one of these people who just thought, "Oh, this is cool. Let me go out and make a lot of money doing this." Um you've been true to yourself and you and it it seems like you understand the more general goal of life, which is to just be a good person and to show what other love you can um and then when it's time move on to as you call it the real life um i appreciate that (laughs) 
Yeah, because it really is something to look forward to. Do you have any, do you get any inklings or messages about your life? Future? I do, you know, I, 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 I do. Um, you know, I, a lot of times, um, laugh when I look back because I have had inklings and I have known the direction to go and haven't always chose the direction. Oftentimes it seems like I tend to pick the road less traveled and, you know, take the harder way. Um, not always, but in some cases, um, but yeah, to some degree I do. I know a lot of the psychics and mediums I've spoke with over the years have said that they, they can't read for themselves or they, they don't have any, um, view on their own future, but I've, I've been able to, um, pick up on things on, uh, in my own life for sure. I just haven't always liked to admit it. <laughs> mm. I guess it's the nicest way to put it. Right. Well, I mean, I guess, have have you gotten, I, I have to ask, have you gotten any inkling of, of when your life on earth will end? I, you know, um, I, I believe so, but I would never let, put it out there, you know, okay. so to speak, but I know it won't be today. <laughs> Okay. And there's there's still a laundry list of things that uh, apparently I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this has been a fascinating conversation for me. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and telling us your story and really putting a lot of things in perspective. I mean, it's through individuals' stories that we can really understand the broader scope of spirituality and, you know, the nature of these other psychic abilities and other dimensions or whatever you want to call it, or the other side. Um, it's really good, um, like I said, that you can explain your story to us and, and put a lot of things in perspective. So, so thank you, Jennifer Diamond, for coming on The Mystic Show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. It's been great. And all your, um, the links to your site will be on The Mystic Show page. Again, it's psychicsuniverse.com. And her book is called Waking Up Psychic. And the new book is going to be called Top 50 Psychics. So this has been really great. Um, thank you for listening. I'm happy you were here. Uh, you can check out all our other episodes on themysticshow.net, including the previous episode when I interviewed Bruce Lipton, which was a great episode, number 139. So hopefully we can all go out and do something good for some other people from the heart without any expectation and maybe create a brighter future for ourselves. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And as always, keep shining. <laughs>